Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening. Uh, thank you for worship. Uh, just such a sweet time to settle our hearts and to focus on you and to give you the, the glory and the honor that you're due. And so, Lord, we ask that you continue to be with us. Uh, thank you for your word. Um, Lord, I pray that the scriptures that we talk about today um, would really sink in. Uh, there's things that you want us to hear. There's things that you want us to receive. And so, Lord, we just come before you with open hearts, open minds, open hands. Uh, Lord, we're asking that you would speak, and we know that you're faithful to do that. And I pray, Lord, that we would receive what you have for us tonight. So we thank you for Jesus, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, as you guys know, we've been in a series on prayer, and uh, we've had such uh, great different messages on prayer, so I've just been th so thankful um, for everyone who's come through, uh, be Jacob and Santosh, Henry, and Marty, and then I'm going to finish it off tonight. So uh, the title of our message today is The Time Is Up. Okay, And so hopefully um, you can think about a couple things in your life. I can give you some practical examples of what that means, the time is up. Um, but if we just look at going into you know, next month, what does that mean? We're going to go into January, which is the brand new year, right? So when it comes to 2023, guess what? Time's up, you know. And, of course, we're getting to the Christmas season, right? Celebrating Jesus' birthday. But there's all this other stuff that we do <laughs> in addition to that, right? All the family gatherings and food and presents and all these other things. So that's, a, that's coming up in less than two weeks, right? So time is up on that stuff too as well. And, um, you know, just for me personally, uh, this last couple months have been a little bit of a roller coaster, not as, uh, and not one that I signed up for, right? You know, just so many things that are going on. And, um, you know, and just some of you know some of the details, but, you know, we're in the process of... Um, closing a sale on my parents' house, right? It's supposed to end next week. So like with all that, like time is up, right? Like things are coming, all these, uh, all these deadlines and things are coming up. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I was reading a post online from one of my friends from high school, you know, which I, I don't really talk to, but I see him online all the time, right? But um, they, they had a post on there and they said, you know, with the year coming to an end, 2023, I just want to get rid of all the negative business, right? Just want to start clean. And so, uh, so his comment was, so I, I just, with all the people that I hang around with, I want to I have a good relationship going forward. So the way that we're going to do that is everybody can go ahead and start apologizing to me now. You know, so once you apologize to me, then we'll be on a good, we'll be on a good standing. So, uh, so it's kind of silly, right? You know, like, obviously he's probably done some things wrong <laughs> and he needs to apologize to people too. So anyway, I just thought that was pretty good. So... Um, I think we all desire that, but it takes a little bit more work. So as, as we've, we've talked about prayer, um, I will say I was a little hesitant in this series. I mean, there's so much to talk about with prayer, and we've only kind of scratched the surface, right? There's so many um, great prayers that uh, we can cover in the scripture. And each person, I didn't tell them what to speak, right? I just said, here's the topic, prayer. Whatever God says that you are supposed to you know, preach on, they did. And, uh, and I was very, very thankful of that. Because if I had given them any specific direction, I don't think it would have been anywhere near the blessing that we received you know, from everybody. And so I was just so thankful for that. And, <clears throat> and so as I was looking at this uh, topic of prayer, um, you know, there's a ton of great books on this. Uh, obviously, the Bible is what we're going to land on tonight. But there's a book um, called The Celebration of the Disciplines. Not sure if you guys have heard of that, but it's something that we got to study when we were in school, and I really appreciated it. And as you might expect, 
one of the di disciplines, this is um, spiritual disciplines, is on the topic of prayer, right? And, and so the author does uh, a great job of, of giving us some things, but one way that he describes prayer is that it ushers us into perpetual communion with God the Father, right? And so we, when we pray, we are in communion with God, but this word perpetual, it means uh, never ending, never changing, right? And, and all I mean, and it's a good thing, right? That we're cons consistently in communion with God. And so that would be a motivation for prayer, right? Is that we would be in communion with the Father. And uh, there, another uh, great quote from the book is it says that it, prayer brings us the deepest and highest work of the human spirit. So when it comes to the most, I guess, important work that we'll do in our lives, it's gonna come through prayer. Prayer is gonna instigate that. And as you may know this, when you pray, something changes, or someone changes. Do you guys know who changes when we pray? You know, we know God never changes, right? <laughs> so who's the other person in the conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah, us, right? So when we pray, it's to change us, okay? So you might be thinking, hey, I need to change, right? So prayer's your answer, right? I know we, we all tend to think sometimes that we don't need to change, it's the other person, right? But, but prayer doesn't only also change us, it changes the world around us too, right? Through God, through his will. And, um, and in this book, it talked a little bit too about praying being something that you, you learn, you grow into. So uh, what I love about this is um, nobody starts out being perfect in prayer. Nobody starts out knowing every sing single thing that you're supposed to do. But you pray, you try something. Okay, that didn't work. Try something else. You pray that worked. Keep doing that, right? And so this is something that uh, we can experiment with, we can grow in. And then, uh, again, just probably just as powerful, but maybe the most uh, impactful thing that, that hit me is that prayer is not just a conversation with God. More importantly, it's listening to God. You know? And uh, you know, if you've been paying attention on Sunday mornings, I think Pastor James has really, been, um, really done a good job of emphasizing this as he's reading the scriptures about the, prayer, uh, the different churches, uh, especially the one about... Um, the dead church, right? He was asking us, he was, and he was asking himself and demonstrating, but encouraging us to ask God, are there areas in my life where my, my spiritual walk is dead, right? Where there are things that I need to, to grow in. And so listening is a huge part of, um, of prayer. So I want to have uh, just a little bit of an example for you. I just want you to think about, so we've talked about uh, the title of this message is Time is Up, right? And so there's not much time left. So I want you to think about something in your life where maybe the time is up, right? And if, if something's not coming to mind, that's okay, right? I've already mentioned the, the end of the year is coming. <laughs> that could be something. Uh, but for uh, some of us who are in school, obviously semesters are coming to an end, right? Um, you know, for, uh, for like myself, uh, I, I'm aware that our company is going to merge. You know, my day job that I have, it's going to merge next year. So I know something's going to change. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful I'll still have a job, and I'm, actually, I'm not saying that because I'm afraid, I'm, and I'm just telling you that this is something that's going to change. And uh, I've been through many mergers in the past, so <laughs> I don't know if it'll go the same way or it'll go different. Um, but I just know I need to be the best employee I can be, right, because I don't have control over a lot of that stuff. But um, all I'm getting at is in our careers, you know, maybe a job changes in, in your future, or maybe that's something that you're aware, right, that something's going to shift. And so, 
you know, it's, it, there's, there's things that you got to pay attention to. And I mean, maybe some of us are going to physically move to, right? Maybe you're going to move to a, another house in the same city. You're going to go to another city, but there are all these things that could be going on. And so, you know, when you're thinking about these things, there is a change that's going to happen. There's a, a limited amount of time left that you have with the situation that you're in, right? Wherever you're at, uh, the people that you're around, you know, the influence that you're going to have, those kind of things. And so just for a, a matter of an example, we'll pick that we're going to change jobs, right? Just as an example, right? What does that mean? Um, so obviously we're going to think about a, a lot of things go through our mind if we're changing our jobs, right? Like who's the, you know, who's the new manager I'm going to have, right? What kind of work environment is it going to be? What kind of work am I going to do? All these kind of things. Um, but we want to take this example and we want to put it to prayer. Okay, so I want to give you just kind of a, a, a simple example of a prayer. Uh, but before I do that, you know, let's again, may, maybe you're in that spot, maybe you're not. But let's just let's just pretend uh, that you're going to change jobs. What are some of the things that you might that come to mind that you might pray for? And you can just shout them out if you guys have any ideas. What would be some things you would pray for? Any ideas out there? I can help you out a little bit, you know. <laughs> to keep your job? Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, to stay employed, that's a pretty good thing, right? Because um, for some reason, those bills keep coming, right? They, whether, uh, whether you got money or not, they still want you to pay, right? So maybe you might ask for uh, discernment, right, as to what decision to make, right? To stay or to go, or um, and it could be to even maybe change careers, right? Maybe there's something that you're not thinking of that God's not showing you. Um, and, you know, you, you start to think about the things that are most important to you, right? Um, maybe it's your family. We'll pray covering over your family, over your loved ones. Um, you know, if you think about all the things that a job gives you, you have things like health care, right, in addition to, um, you know, your salary. You have all these other benefits that you get. And, um, you know, for your, so you can pray for the people around you, your, your coworkers, right, your future coworkers, all those kind of things. Um, you can thank God for all the blessings that you have, right, for the experience he's given you the gifts he's given you, um, you know, the desires that you have, right? And, um, and then you can also pray for a deeper relationship with God, right? You can pray for a deeper relationship um, and dependence on him. So, um, you know, as I was explaining a little bit earlier, so, you know, that would just be a simple prayer, right? An example prayer for that situation. I know I didn't cover everything. That wasn't the goal. <laughs> but, you know, you just have a couple things that you would hit. And so as I was... Um, Preparing for this message, uh, you know, again, I was inspired by Pastor James also to listen to God because I'm, I'm coming to God and telling him, hey, this is what I need, <laughs> right? But that's a one-way conversation. It's more of a monologue, right? But when it's a two-way conversation, there's a listening piece. And so I felt impressed to just go to God and, and ask him, okay, what, what should I be aware of? And, and really I said, okay, it doesn't have to be in this fictitious um, event, right, that I'm changing jobs, but what is it that I should pay attention to? So I wanted to share with you some of those things. And as I was praying, these were some of the thoughts that came to my mind. Um, I just had a sense that he was saying to, um, and, and again, I really, I hope you guys pay attention to this because it might, it might not just be me he's speaking to, but he said, uh, be aware of distractions, right? And the things that you're doing, be aware that there's distractions out there. And he said, you know, you can be satisfied Spending a time, spending time away from me, uh, me being God. So he said, pay attention to that. 
and then this one I felt probably the most uh, directive was that I needed to prioritize time with people that he's put in my life. And then I, I felt an encouragement that he said, you know, it actually does not take as much time as I think to build a deeper relationship with God, right? And, um, and then he reminded me that he's the master of hearts and that he can do what I think is impossible. Right? And then this one, again, was another direct one. As I felt like he said that I need to focus on what God has put right in front of me. So whatever that thing is that God has put right in front of me, focus on that. And uh, I think he was encouraging me to, to increase my faith, that God already knows the result of the situation that I'm in. He's asking me to trust him to walk through it with him. And then another encouragement was that connecting with God is simple. I don't need to make it harder than it, than it really is, right? You know, because there's, there's just times like that. And, and again, I, you know, I've already been confessing some sins, so I'm going to confess some more. Um, like even preparing for this message, I normally will read the Bible, you know, three pages. It's not, a, it's not a huge amount, but it's not like, you know, very small. And I like to do that in the morning. But I've been finding myself in a work environment. When I wake up, and I like to wake up early, like 6 o'clock or 6.30. I mean, maybe that's not really early. But I work from home, so that's convenient, right? I don't have the commute and all that. And then, um, you know, depending on the time, I might shower before or after work. It just doesn't matter. But, um, but I've been having work calls at 7 in the morning. And they're the kind of calls that um, they schedule on the same day. <laughs> so it's not like I'm really preparing. I actually have one for tomorrow, so I'm actually uh, ahead of the game. Like, I know it's going to happen. Um, but when that happens, the time that I set aside for God gets taken over by something else. It's almost out of sight, out of mind. It's, I really have to make an effort right now to, to change my day to meet with him. <coughs> and so um, twice preparing for this message, I was ready to sit down and study the chapter we're going to get to in just a minute. But then I, I, God just showed me, he said, hey, you haven't spent time with me today yet. And I said, oh, yeah, um, I forgot. My, pot, my bad. <laughs> right? So then I said, okay, I'm not going to study for this message. I'm going to spend time with you because that's what's most important. And so, you know, that happens. It uh, happens to the best of us. Um, now, I want to uh, just, again, we're on a series of prayers, so I want to I talk about some of the things that we can pray for uh, before we get to the scripture that we're going we're gonna to highlight. So when we pray, we have, a, we have a lot of things we can pray for, and, and you've heard that through the, the messages over the last couple of weeks. But one of the things that maybe uh, one of the more significant is just praying for the salvation that we have. And when we pray for it, we're, we're thanking God for what he's done, thanking that he's come and he's made a way for us to be with him, right? That he's paid for our sins, that he's given us eternal life. And he's also given us the possibility to help others um, encounter him and receive eternal life as well. And that we can know God and we thank him for his word, right? It's his, his word is so clear. It's so direct. It's, um, it points us to life, right? It points us to where we need to go. And so there's so many things that we can be thankful for when it comes to, excuse me, salvation. And we can, uh, we can thank God in our prayers for purpose. He has a specific purpose for each one of us. And so we have a work that we're given to do. And he wants us to finish that work, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, later. And some of that, uh, well, I'll give you a little taste of it now. But we have the Great Commission. I think you guys are all familiar with that to go out into the world, make disciples, and to baptize. 
And in the scripture in John 6, uh, 28 to 29, it says the work of God is to believe in him, right? Is to have faith in him. And that we get to be a servant and we have the privilege to make his name known. And we talked a little bit about provision already, but we can thank him for that. Everything that we have is from God. He has given that to us. And that he's given us his Holy Spirit and that he would magnify the spirit within us. <coughs> and that when we pray, um, that we would, we would be focused on glorifying God. Like the end result of our prayer is God would meet our need, but it would be for his glory. For, you know, the provision that he gives us. And, you know, when it comes to people, there are so many people that he puts in our lives, right? And so we can pray uh, thanks for that. You know, we can tell God, thank you for all the people that you put in our lives. Thank you for the privilege for the people that you put in our lives, that we can, we can guard them, we can protect them, we can help them understand who you are. And there's so much possibility that they could have as we sang about joy to the world in our worship. They can have that joy in their lives. They can, they can experience God's uh, glory as well. That the people in our lives can be uh, separate from the world. They can be holy. They can be good. Uh, you know, they don't have to be stuck underneath the world system, if you will. And that they would experience uh, communion with God. Excuse me. And we want to also pray for generations, right? For this generation to serve God and walk alongside and for the, the future generations that will come after. And that we can um, have God protect and guard us from the evil one, right? From Satan. Um, and then again, just uh, kind of a, to wrap it up in terms of uh, praying for covering for ourselves, for those around us, for God's kingdom to grow, and as we just talked about for generations um, of people, you know, now and in the future. And that God would be glorified in all that we do. And uh, one thing that's really amazing, too, is in addition to that, we can just, we can say it maybe another way, that God would keep every single person in, in his name. And so we can continue to pray for the church, uh, to stand on his word, to be unified and to be united in Christ with one heart and with one mind. So, um, so tonight, the scripture we're going to park on is John 17. So if you're not familiar with that chapter, it's one of the most uh, precious chapters we have on prayer. And this is a prayer specifically from Jesus. And um, so the, the, kind of, the context around this prayer is Jesus has already had his last supper right, with his disciples. This is where Judas walks away and is about to go betray him. And so in between that time and when Jesus is going to the garden to be betrayed, right, and to be arrested, uh, this is a prayer that um, Jesus prays, and we only have it in the Gospel of John. So this is a very special section of Scripture. And um, so in this Scripture, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to see Several things, but more, most specifically, what God wants us to see in this um, scripture. <coughs> so this, this conversation is going to be between Jesus, the Son, and God the Father. And so um, it's, it's a very precious conversation. 
It's a very special prayer. And so because of that, I want to, um, I just want to take a moment to pray that we would receive it in the way that he wants us to receive it. Okay. So let me just take a moment to do that. Heavenly Father, thank you for this um, section of scripture that we're going to talk through. Um, we're going to read from, excuse me. <coughs> Lord, your heart is all throughout this. And just um, your goodness, your godliness, and um, just what you love, what you value, what you've done. Uh, so Lord, I pray that we would just approach this with um, just with such thanks and such appreciation for seeing how, um, how you interact, uh, what you value, what you prioritize. And thank you for this model of prayer. And I do pray, Lord, that it influences us, that we would take from this prayer as he would have us to be sh um, shaped and changed. So, Lord, we want to see your divinity in this. We want to see your godliness in this. Um, we want to experience the relationship that Jesus describes that he has with the Father. And he prays specifically for uh, joy that we should have. And Lord, I just I pray that we would be amazed by you. We would be in, in wonder and awe of your greatness. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I apologize, a little um, dry throat. Okay, so let's, um, we're going to go ahead and jump through um, some of this scripture here in John 17. <clears throat> now, as I mentioned, we have, Jesus is about to go to the cross. And so this is one of the last prayers that we have documented, right, that he had prayed for his, um, for his disciples. So remember the title is, The Time is Up. Jesus knows that this is a time of transition, right? His earthly ministry is about to wrap up. Right? It's, um, it's coming to a conclusion. So at a very, very high level, the first part, Jesus is going to pray for himself, and then he's going to pray for his disciples, and then he's going to pray for the church. So those are kind of the three main sections. And so we'll, um, we'll walk through the scripture, and we'll pick out a couple things um, here. And so as we start, um, and I want you to just listen, too. As, and as you're reading, see if there's certain words that repeat. See if there's certain themes that you can gather here. Because uh, Jesus, I think he's being very, very clear, very uh, intentional in the things that he's saying. So we'll go in verse 1. And it says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he had lifted his eyes to heaven. And he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Now, some of this may be really, really straightforward, but I, wanna, I just want to explain some of these as we go through it. So when Jesus, he had spoken these words, and when he prayed, did he bow his head and close his eyes? Well, he did something different, right? He actually raised his head and he looked up to heaven. And so I just, I just think that's an awesome posture. So if you want to do that, when pastor says, close your head and, you know, I mean, close your head, <laughs> excuse me, close your eyes and bow your head, uh, it's okay, right? It's biblical. You could open your eyes and look up, right? But, um, but, but you know, listen to Pastor James, right? Don't, don't do what I said. Listen to Pastor James. So, but he... He said that, he says, Father, and this is referring to God the Father, the hour has come. So that his time is up, right? He knows he's going towards the cross. He's just about to get arrested before he does that. And he's asking him, Jesus is asking God the Father 
to glorify himself, to glorify Jesus, right? So that's, that's his first part of his prayer. God, glorify me. But that's not where it ends, is it? He says, glorify me, glorify the Son, glorify Jesus, so that the Son, Jesus, may glorify you. And so one thing I want us to get from this prayer is the whole purpose of Jesus' prayer is whatever he's asking for, the end result is to glorify the Father, right? And so I want us to capture this. I think this is a key piece to understand this prayer. And, and I think also our lives and the, the purpose of our lives is that whatever we pray for, whatever we do, the end result should be to glorify the Father, okay? To glorify God, right? And so Jesus knew his mission, right, uh, was that he was going to the cross. He was going to satisfy the payment of sin for everybody, right? And that um, God, he's asking God the Father to glorify him and what he's doing so that Jesus himself could glorify the Father. And in verse 2, and it says, since you, God, have given him, which is, he's talking to himself in the third, of, third person, Jesus authority over all flesh. So God has given Jesus authority over all flesh. And it says to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. So God the Father has eternal life and he's given that to Jesus to give to others. And in verse 3 he says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, God the Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So this is just a great definition of eternal life. If you didn't know what it meant, it's to truly know God the Father. Now what's interesting about that is, it's not just to believe that there is a God, but it's to know God personally, right? To have an experiential, experiential knowledge with God. Because if you read in your Gospels, you'll, you'll see that even the demons believe in God, Right? but they don't know him. They don't have a saving relationship with him, right? They've chosen to reject him. So it's not just knowing about God, but it's knowing him personally of committing your life to him. And in verse 4, Jesus says, I have glorified you, God the Father on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, when I read this scripture, um, I was, you know, I, I think I may have just told you this was after the Last Supper, and this is before being arrested on the cross. So I kind of I kind of think about that, and I say, "Has Jesus accomplished his work yet? What do you guys think? Am I thinking correctly? Do I have weird questions? <laughs> you know that I'm asking you? Because does it seem like Jesus has accomplished his work yet? Okay, and I'm just telling you what these are the thoughts going through my mind. You don't have to agree with me, right? But then if I think up until that point, has Jesus accomplished the work that he's supposed to do? seems like Jesus was obedient to what God was asking him to do, right? So at that point, he had accomplished everything God had asked him to do. But he still has some big work to do, right? He still has to go to the cross. And he's, he's not done at the cross, right? Because he's going to get resurrected. And one of the awesome things is, after he's resurrected, he's, he's an intercessor. He's praying for us. And so that's a, a wonderful blessing that we all have, right, as believers. But he's saying, I've come to accomplish, well, excuse me, I've accomplished the work that you've assigned me to do. And, you know, there's something unique about God where he's not really bound by time and space either, right? And so I think this is just another example, too, where when God says he's going to do something, 
it's already been done, right? Like it's, we may not have seen it yet in our life and our experience, but it's already done. And so anyway, it's such a, such a great thing that God, Jesus has accomplished the work that God the Father has given him to do. But what about us, you know, in terms of, in terms of our purpose? <clears throat> I want to take a step back again, and, and um, on that very first verse, when Jesus prayed, he said, glorify your son so that the, glor- the son may glorify you. And so I, want to, I just want to submit to you that Jesus' purpose on earth was to glorify the Father. That's why he came, right? It's to glorify God. And I want to say the same thing to you. I think that's part of our destiny as well. The reason he has put us on this earth is to glorify him, to glorify the Father. And how that looks in your life, I think it can be demonstrated in many different ways. And I want to read to you a verse in Matthew 5, which talks about our purpose. And so in the Gospel of of Matthew um, 5.16, uh, he encourages us. He says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So do you see the same idea is communicated there? That whatever we do is for the purpose to see God in us and to glorify God based on what we've done, right? And, um, and Paul, he gives us an example of his, his purpose in Acts 20. 24. He gives us a couple examples, but I'll just give you this one. And Paul says, I do, not, I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus. And what is that? To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Right? And so he knew what his purpose was. He, had, he knew God's calling on his life. And I think we can and we do. <laughs> Now in verse 5 he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And that concludes that first section where Jesus was praying for himself. Okay, And then as we go to the next grouping, Jesus is going to pray for his disciples. And so in verse 6, Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So, you know, sometimes I read words like that, and I said, it says, Jesus manifested God's name, right? He manifested his name. Um, I don't really use manifest very often in my language. I don't, do you guys, anybody, anybody use manifest? Um, when I think of a manifest, I think of a, um, like a, you know, maybe it's a document that says, here's, the, here's a, all the contents that are in this box, right? It's a manifest that says, you know, I've shipped this box that has two wheels and a, you know, and a skate and a shoe or whatever, whatever's in that box, right? It's just a listing of things manifest. But that's not what he's talking about here. When Jesus says, I have manifested your name, another way to say that is he has revealed the nature of God to those around him. He has demonstrated God's qualities, God's values to those who are around him, right? And, you, you know, you might be thinking, there's a scripture, uh, this is in Colossians 1, it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So if we want to know what God is like, then we just have to look at Jesus, right? And even Jesus with his disciples in the same gospel in John 14, he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, right? And uh, they, just, they just didn't get it. They're like, show us the Father. You know, he's like, you don't get it. You've been with me this whole time. You still don't understand. And there's another thing in here that I, I think is interesting. This is another theme that we have in this, in this chapter 
is, is gift, right? We talk about the gift of eternal life. And uh, Jesus is saying in chapter 6, he says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world, right? And so what I want you to, to get out of this is that God the Father gave people to Jesus as a gift, his disciples, right? They were the ones that he raised, he trained, right? But it was a gift from the Father to Jesus. And so I want you to apply that to yourself, is that you, yourself, are a gift to Jesus. Have you ever thought, your, thought of yourself that way? That you are a gift that Jesus desires. You are a gift from the Father, right? You might think you're a gift to the world, right? And maybe you are, I don't know. But God the Father himself has made you, right, as a gift to Jesus, if you so choose to be a gift to him. So I want you to see how Jesus sees you in that. And in verse 7, he says, Now they know, that's the disciples, they know that everything that you, God the Father, have given me, Jesus, is from you. In verse 8, For I have given them the words that you gave me. Everything that Jesus was, was supposed to give to the disciples, in terms of God's words, he gave them. And it says, And they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you have sent me. And in verse 9, uh, he says, Jesus says, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And verse 10, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I, Jesus, am glorified in them. So do you guys know that you bring Jesus glory? Right? He's praying for his disciples. And his disciples brought him glory. But us as Christians, we also bring glory to Jesus too. All right, where do we leave off? Verse 10. Okay, verse 11. <clears throat> and it says, I am no longer in the world. This is Jesus speaking. But they, the disciples, the Christians, are in the world. And I, Jesus, am coming to you, God the Father. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. So again, Jesus is saying, I am no longer in the world. I'm going to be leaving, right? My time is up. I, I have to move on. And because I'm doing that, I need to make sure some things get taken care of. And what are some of those things? That God would keep them in their name, in his name, excuse me. And he says that they may be one even as we are one. So Jesus is praying for the unity of his disciples, right? And later on, he's going to be praying for the unity of the church. <laughs> and in verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. And I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So do you guys know who that person is that Jesus is referring to? The son of destruction? Can you think of one of the disciples that went astray? Right? Judas. Okay, yeah. I, I heard it somewhere. I think I heard it in the corner. I'm not sure where I heard it from. So that's, that's who he's referring to. Is That was the only person that was lost, but he just never found God, right? He wasn't, he didn't, he didn't quite get what God was all about. 
And then verse 13, Jesus says, But now I'm coming to you, God the Father, and these things I speak in the, new, in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So I really love this scripture right here. Jesus is praying that the joy that Jesus experienced with God the Father would also be imparted, would be experienced by his disciples. Okay, and he prays the same thing for us too. We would experience the joy that Jesus has experienced. So that is possible, and that's something that Jesus wants for us. In verse 14, Jesus says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So here's another gift, the gift of God's word, right? Jesus received it from the Father. Jesus gave it to the disciples. Uh, we get to enjoy it and experience it today. And, you know, his word, God's word, it's our source of joy. It's where we can find joy through him and his presence and his love. And in verse 15, Jesus says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. So Jesus' prayer is not that we would be removed from the world, but that we would be kept from the evil one, right? That we would be shielded, we would be protected. And in verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And in 17, he says to sanctify them, to separate them in the truth. And what is the truth? Your word is the truth. And 18, as you, God the Father, sent me, Jesus, into the world, so I have sent them, the disciples, into the world. And 19, for their sake, I concentrate myself, and they also may be sanctified in truth. So that concludes this second section, and now we're into the final section, where Jesus prays for all believers. And so in this section, in, in chapter, in verse 20, excuse me, uh, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only. I'm not just praying for my immediate disciples, but also for those who will believe in me, Jesus, through their word, right? And what I really love about this particular prayer. This is a prayer for the disciples who would disciple others, raise up new disciples, who would raise up new disciples, right? And so this is for generation, for generation, for generation of all the Christians till even this generation. And are you guys part of this generation? Okay, so that means you are part of this prayer that Jesus has prayed. And guess what? For the people that we will encounter, that we will share God's love with, as we pass on to the next generation, this prayer covers them too, right? And so this is an, an awesome example of a prayer that's timeless, right? It covers really um, so many things in this thing. And so Jesus is praying for you specifically in this prayer. And in verse 21, it says, and what's the, what's the thing that he desires? That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So in other words, Jesus is saying, make them one, unify them with you, allow each person, each Christian, to have a great relationship with you, God, Father, in such a way, in the same way that I, Jesus, have a relationship with you, God, the Father. I pray that every single person would have that same relationship, um, that it would be deep, it would be wide. It would be powerful. And 22, the glory that you have given me, 
I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. So God's glory that he has, he's given that to us. That's another gift. God's glory to us. In verse 23, and I, Jesus, in them, the, uh, the disciples of future Christians, and you, God the Father, in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you, God the Father, sent me, Jesus, and love me, even, um, and, and love them, excuse me, even as you have loved me. And so we just, a couple more verses. Verse 24, and so, Father, I, Jesus, desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. And if you don't mind, I want to paraphrase that a little bit. Jesus says, you have glorified me, or you, you will glorify me, right? He's talking about a future where he's going to be in heaven, right? He has ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand, the throne of God, and he is glorified in heaven. This is the prayer where Jesus says, I want them to be with me in heaven. I want them to see my true and complete glory that you have given me, right? And so Jesus desires for us to be with him. And if you remember back in John 14, Jesus promised that he makes, um, he goes to prepare a place for us. There's a place in heaven that he has prepared for us to be. And this prayer is saying, um, it's just repeating that same desire that he desires that we would be with him where he is in heaven to see his glory. And verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. And verse 26, I have made known to them your name. I, Jesus, have made known to the people around me the name of God and who God is, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So what I want to do is I want to, um, I just want to pray a simple prayer based on that model that we've just experienced, you know, of God's example. And so uh, this is where I would say to uh, close your eyes and bow your heads, but if you want to open your eyes and look up, that's totally fine, right? Because that's totally scriptural. Um, but really all I'm asking you to do is just be focused on God right now. And, and we're going to take this prayer that we've just, we've just walked through and uh, try to make it practical, try to apply it to our lives. So I want to pray um, just a prayer over you, and then we'll, we'll get into our groups to discuss. So Lord, Heavenly Father, our prayer is that our purpose is to bring glory to God, to glorify God. So whatever we pray about, everything that we do, I pray that it would be motivated to bring you glory to glorify the Father. Lord, I want to thank you for the people that you have given us. Now, we may not be like Jesus where we have these disciples, but we may also, depending on what kind of ministry we're in. But there are people in our lives that you have given us to care for, to love, to express God's values to. And we just want to thank you for those people that you've put in our lives. And we do take up the privilege to make Jesus' name known to those among us. And Lord, we want to give the gift of your word. And we want to be a visible example of what Jesus is like. 
Lord, I ask for those who are in our care, those who we're ministering to, those that we're discipling, that we continue to build your kingdom. And I pray, Lord, that you would keep them in your name and the generations to come. Lord, we ask that you would bring about your unity in your church and the, the people that you place in our care would experience a deep relationship with you, Father God. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as we uh, conclude this service, I just want to read a couple questions that we can discuss um, as small groups. And so go ahead and um, put those questions up. <clears throat> so the first question is, what we just talked about in John 17, what are some of the things that Jesus prayed for? Right. Uh, let's remind ourselves of what he prayed about. And really the second one is, is really what I want to get to, <laughs> is in our group. I want us to pray in the, in the buckets that Jesus prayed, that we would pray for ourselves, we would pray um, for the people that God has put in our care, maybe our disciples, and we would pray for the church. And then, you know, if you want extra credit, we have bonus time, which I'm not sure we will, but if we do, I want you to think about how did you glorify God today, and how will you glorify God tomorrow? So with that, we conclude our midweek service. We are taking a break until February, okay? So um, it's, it's, it is good to take a break every once in a while, so, um, but I also do miss you guys as well. <laughs> but um, so at this time, we'll go ahead and get into our small groups. And, um, and for those, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys on Sunday. But for those of us who are just here on Wednesdays, um, we'll plan to see you in February. So God bless you all.